0: Welcome to the Upper Room Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to urfellowship.com. It's awesome to be with you guys today. Um, Before we start, I just want to pray specifically for the people that are going through this hurricane right now. Um, Can we just, together, just lift up Florida from all the... Reports and things, it's um it's bad. So um they can use some prayer. So I'd just like to if you just could we just stand and just lift up those that are affected by the hurricane and those that are in the path of the hurricane, Lord. Um so let's pray together. Lord, we just pray for those who are in the middle of this thing, Lord, or fighting this thing right now, Lord. Pray for those uh who who we know who are there, Lord, those that we love who are there we know, um, some of Ron's family's there. Uh, Veronica's parents are there in Florida, Lord. So um, we just pray, just to, that you would just protect them, keep them safe, Lord. Uh, you're the God who can stop the storms, Lord. So, so Lord, we pray even right now that uh, miraculously the, the the hurricane would just start to to dissipate, Lord. That it would lose strength, uh, Lord. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, Lord. But you come so that we might have life, Lord. So we just pray for. It. Uh, Florida and Houston and all these areas that have just been affected by these hurricanes, Lord, that you would uh, have your hand over them, and that we just pray for their their well being and the, and your goodness and that in that, Lord, and your redemption in that, um, and your protection. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so we are we're starting a brand new series today called "Peculiar People." And today we're going, to be, we're going to be laying a foundation for this series. That's all we're going to do. It's not going to take very long. Uh, we're going to get out of here early. Uh, but I'll just kind of lay my cards on the table right at the beginning of this, this series. Okay? The purpose of this series is to make you more peculiar. Okay. That's the goal. All right. Because uh, I'll, be, I'll be, real, I will be real honest with you. If you look back through the first significant portion of my life. I was driven by trying to be normal. Uh, I I wouldn't have admitted that at the time. I I never would have said that my goal was to be normal, but if you looked at the way I lived, I was really striving to try to fit in, uh, to try to be like other people. I did what normal people did. I lived how normal people lived, and I ended up where normal people end up, which is not near God. This was in my uh, early 20s, mid-20s. Uh, so what I did, I started reading the Bible very honestly. And here's what I mean. Um, you, can, you can use the Bible to back up or confirm just about any idea you want to. You just take some scriptures out of context and, you know, bing, bang, boom, that's it. So, so because I was really pretty tired of the church thing and, and really wasn't seeing a difference in my life because of my faith, I had pretty much decided that I was out. I was done with it. Whatever, you know, what Christianity was to me at that time, I was done with it. But I made a promise before I, before I decided to be out, to myself or God or whoever, I'm not sure exactly, but I made a promise that I would read the Bible one more time. And I would read the Bible with brand new eyes. Meaning I would, as best I could, just forget everything I'd ever learned about Jesus and try to read the Bible with no preconceived ideas. No, oh, I I know what this story means. I tried to read the Bible as if I had never even heard of Jesus. And what I found was that the teachings of Jesus were so peculiar, so different than what I thought they were. And that isn't because my parents or Sunday school teachers taught me the wrong things. It's just because the false ideas about how Christians live, behave, believe, understand the world, vote, everything, they're just out there. Everywhere. And and I realize that most people in our culture are bored with Jesus. And they think he's he's nice, but kind of irrelevant. They don't hate him. They're just kind of apathetic about him. That that is the way I was. Just disillusioned. Because it seemed that the way of Jesus didn't work. But here's what I learned. Um, That proves they've never really understood him. And I didn't understand him. The things Jesus said both about you and himself will either make you so mad that you want to crucify him, or you become so dependent on him and so loyally committed to him that you dramatically realter your life around him. Those are really the two choices. So as I read the teachings of Jesus with eyes wide open, it hooked me. And I just said, God, if this is true, I want all of it. I want to be a peculiar person. Here's what Jesus said about this in Matthew 7:13 and 14. Jesus said, "Enter through the what kind of gate? Narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it." So think about this. Broad and wide is the road and gate which the majority of people travel. Unfortunately, in the crowd, that's where we often find comfort. Look at, all the, look at all the people and what we're doing, and, you know, we're, we're going and we're living, this is how we're living and we're all the same and it must be okay because this is where the majority of the crowd of people is going. Unfortunately though, Jesus said, many, the crowd, are on the path that leads to destruction. Then he said this, he said, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And Jesus said, only a few find it let me just say it as straightforward as I can. If your life looks like everybody else's life, if you're pretty normal, it could be that you're on the broad road that leads to destruction. Because when you leave the normal road to get on the smaller one where the few are, the normal people are going to think you're peculiar. You're different. Your life does not look the same. And here's the thing. Even if we, even if we take the Bible aside and just look at it practically, wouldn't you agree normal is not working? Like think about it. What's, what is normal in everybody's schedules today? Overwhelmed, rushed, stressed, never enough time for what's truly important because we're overwhelmed with the urgent. What's normal when it comes to money today? Normal is the pursuit of material things which don't make us happy, happy and are going to be in a yard sale in 10 years. Normal is debt, right? Normal is financial fear. Normal is fighting about money. Think about professional life. What's normal today? Working for a paycheck, doing something you don't really like just to get by. Normal is feeling like there's got to be something more, but you just can't quite figure out what it is. What's normal in relationships? Normal is more than half the people in our country today are divorced. Normal is not working. So here's the the big thought for this series if you're taking notes, and I would encourage you to take notes. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. If you want a normal life, live like normal people live. If, though, you want something better, if you really believe there is something better and different, then the normal life where the majority of people are traveling, you'll have to leave that broad road. Get onto the narrow path where people will call you Peculiar. And if you want what few people have, peace, joy, security, sense of fulfillment, and eternal destiny, if you want what few have, you're going to have to think like the few and do what the few do. Think about this. The teachings of Jesus are peculiar, right? Think about how peculiar his teaching is compared to the world's normal. Jesus said, if you want to be first, you need to be last. Jesus said, when you give, it will be given to you. Jesus said, if someone hurts you, bless them. He said, if someone tags tags you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone wrongs you, he says, forgive them. Not just once, but 70 times seven times. That's a peculiar person who acts that way. The teachings of Jesus, the teachings of Scripture, lead us off of the normal, broad path onto uh, uh, a narrow, indifferent path. And if you want what normal people have, Just keep on going the way of the flow of the world. But if you want what few have, you're going to have to do what few do and take the Bible seriously. And you can have something way better than normal. So so to build a foundation for this series, I want to give you just two really simple thoughts. Uh, These are almost so obvious they're hard to mention, but I want to go ahead and and mention them, and this, this will build a foundation that we'll, we'll, we'll build on in the weeks to come as we talk about being peculiar, okay? So two thoughts. The first one, if you're taking notes, is <clears throat> peculiar people don't think like normal people think. Yeah, I told you it was going to be obvious. But when you see something you want, okay, don't just go and try to copy what other people do. What you want to do is you want to learn how people think. Find out what drives the person, what motivates them. Find out how they think. Because peculiar people do not think like normal people think. Here's what scripture says. Romans twelve, two. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't live like all the normal people. How? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you'll be able to test what God wants for you. Not what the crowd, not what everybody else, but what God wants for you. I love the way the message, which is kind of a devotional version, translates this. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. So wouldn't you agree that so many people today just kind of fit into the culture without even thinking? The Bible says, instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Peculiar people don't think like normal people think. Why is this important? Because the way you think determines the way you behave. And the way you behave determines what you become. So second thought if you're taking notes. Peculiar people don't live like normal people live. When you take Scripture seriously... And you pursue God, you will be different from the world. The more you pursue Him, the more different from the world you will be. Your values will, cha- will change. What motivates you will change. And the way you live will change. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2 11 and 12. He said, Dear friends, I urge you, and I love what he said, as what's this one say? As aliens and strangers in the world. So these, these words here are translated as exiles, or sojourners, or aliens, or strangers, or foreigners. In other words, Peter is saying, you need to understand and remember, this is not your home. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a stranger in this world. You're a sojourner, you're a foreigner. You're just passing through. This is not your final dwelling place. You're a heavenly creature passing through this temporary world into an eternal dwelling place where one day you will be with God. For, you, for those of you that are followers of Christ, what's that mean? You'll have different values than those around you. You, you will have values based on the kingdom of heaven because that's your home. You'll have different morals than other people. You'll have a different belief system. You'll be different as a, a parent You'll be different as a spouse, you'll be different as an employee, you'll be different in the way that you raise your children, the ways you relate to people, you'll be different in how you deal with someone who mistreats you, you'll be different in the way you invest your money, you'll be different in the way you spend your time. Why? Because this world's not your home. If this world is your home, you might as well do whatever you want, whatever you feel like. But you, your home, is in heaven. So you're not going to be normal. Verse 12, he says, Live such good lives among the pagans, among those who don't understand, amongst, amongst the non-believers. Live such good lives among them that though they accuse you of doing wrong. So in other words, don't leave us. We're, we're all on the normal path. Where are you going? Stay with us. This is better. Though they accuse you of doing wrong, in the end, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits you. So when you seek the God of the Bible, he will lead you to a life that is very different. You will live for a different kind of kingdom. Paul says in Colossians 1.13, he says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. So you're either a citizen of one or you're a citizen of the other. But there's something else you have to keep in mind. Even if you are a citizen of Christ's kingdom, we have a very interesting scripture in Romans where Paul says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand, live as in the light. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, live as in the light. So what Paul is saying is where we are spiritually in the history of the world is dawn. The day is at hand, which means the light is coming. The night is leaving. They're both happening. The day is coming, the night is leaving. But they're both there. Paul says, What you have to make sure of is you live is in the light because it's coming. Don't be fooled by the darkness because it's fading away. In Daniel 5, if you go back there, you'll find there's, there was this man, Belshazzar who was the last king of the Babylonian Empire. Uh, Cyrus the Persian was closing in on the city to destroy it, and Belshazzar knew his empire wasn't going to win. He, he couldn't possibly win. He knew his empire was going to be over. So what he did is he had this enormous party. They got drunk. He brought in his concubines and his wives, okay, which for maybe obvious reasons was never done, you didn't bring in your concubines in along with your wives. Okay, wives, for some reason, were always kind of touchy about your concubines, okay? So, yet in come the concubines, and it's this wild party, and suddenly there's this handwriting began on the wall, handwriting on the wall. A hand moved on the wall, and it basically said, your days are numbered, you're going to die. Love, Yahweh, XOXO When Jesus Christ showed up and he began to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to feed the hungry, and to die on a cross, that's the handwriting on the wall for the old kingdom and the old ways. If you're living for yourself, which is the normal thing to do, if you're having fun looking out for number one, that means you're like Belshazzar, having this huge party and your kingdom is about to crumble. The handwriting is on the wall. You have to ask yourself, is there a Jesus Christ? Did he live the life he did? If he did, that means that the time is coming to an end on the kingdom of living for myself. Doing everything I can for success and throwing a few coins at the poor on the way and occasionally going to church if things are unhappy and only sticking around with people of my caliber. But if Jesus lived the life he lived, completely different from the culture around him, touching the lepers, uh, giving himself to the poor, dying on the cross, coming as a poor man, coming and riding into town on a borrowed donkey, eating his last meal in a borrowed room, being buried in a borrowed tomb, and giving up everything that this world would consider normal. Then he came with power over this world, the kingdom. And the handwriting is on the wall for the normal kingdom. There's a story about Jesus in Luke 5. He had just given a sermon uh, from a boat owned by Simon. And then it says this in Luke 5, 4 through 8. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knee and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. So I think we look at this portion of Scripture and we think, Oh, Simon was amazed at all those fish. Yes, he was. But I think there's something else we have to see here. Something else going on. Simon was a fisherman, obviously. He caught fish for a living. And a boat full of fish, or in this story, two boatfuls of fish, to a fisherman is like winning the lottery. Jesus gets on Simon's boat and basically shows him that he, Jesus, could win the lottery at any time he wanted to and chose not to. Jesus could have been a filthy, rich fisherman. But instead of doing that, he was choosing a different path different peculiar way of life and Simon saw a glimpse of this upside down kingdom's values and he was undone before Jesus listen the priorities of the world are fading away the light is coming and God wants to take you out of normal and bring you and bring something that is totally different because the values and the priorities of the world are passing away if you could just allow me one more quick rant, I have to say I'm sick of normal Christianity. I am sick of lukewarm, mediocre, half-hearted, go-to-church-and-not-be-any-different Christianity. It's just this empty sense of risk nothing, sacrifice nothing, come to a church that makes, meets my needs and makes me feel good. Man, I want to see people know the love of God. And I want to see people's eternal destinies move from hell to heaven. I mean, you can go to church all day long. That's still, in our part of the world, that's normal to worship one day a week at a church. That's normal. But when worship becomes a -a seven-day-a-week passion, that's when you become the God kind of peculiar. We're not talking about one-day-a-week, shallow, me-centered Christianity. We're talking about wholehearted, full surrender to the God of the Bible that will take you off the normal path and leads you on to one that the world will not understand. But God will empower and direct. And you can settle for normal, or you can choose something better than normal. If you want what normal people have, maybe do what normal people do. If you want what few have, leave the normal path. Because you have to admit, normal's not working, it's broke, it's overwhelmed, it's miserable. It's fear, it's shame, it's regret, it's bored, it's angry. And it doesn't have to be that way. It can be full of peace and joy and purpose and a deep sense of fulfillment. Knowing that your life is making an eternal difference. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would you would speak to your people, Lord, and that we would be forever a different, God, because we are in your presence. As we're praying, those of you who are committed Christians, you are, you are a devoted follower of Christ, but you say, There's, there is way too much normal, and I, and I really want, I want to fall so in love with him that peculiar is not my goal, but pleasing God is my goal. And peculiar, it's just the necessary byproduct of pursuing God. I want to be peculiar in the God kind of way. If that's you today, would you lift your hands right now? Amen. Praise God for you. Amen. I pray, God, in the name of your risen Son, Jesus, that we would fall so in love with you that your your word would be the driving force of our lives and that guides us off of that broad path onto the narrow one that leads us to a life of everlasting meaning. God, I pray that you would just start even now speaking to your people. All sorts of different things, God, that could move them out of the normal life into one that would make an eternal difference. God, I thank you that in the next few weeks that you're going to speak to your people and you're going to lead us into a different kind of life. God, lead us. Lead us into your perfect will. As we keep praying today, maybe there are some of you that you, you look at your life and you realize, you know what, I'm just totally drowning in normal I mean, for me, even though I, I went to church, even though I believed in God, I was stuck in a normal that took me down. And I tell you, normal is the pain. And that's where some of you are. Some of you, you've grown up, grown up around normal Christianity. You just took everything for granted. You believed in God, but you never really known Him. Some of you, may, maybe you're in the middle of a very normal lifestyle. And maybe today you say, I'd like to give my life to God. But some little voice inside you saying I'm just not good enough I've got to clean up my life before I leave this broad path and get on the narrow one I've got to change some things first I'm here to tell you Jesus doesn't ask you to change before you come, he just asks you to step through the narrow gate called Jesus step through, believe in him and you will be saved not by your good works but by his grace Jesus says that whoever calls on his name will be saved some of you, maybe you pray little churchy prayers before. Well, maybe today you really mean it when you say, I want to give my life to Christ completely. Today is the day that you radically, completely leave the normal path to pursue Jesus with all your heart. For those of you who would say, that's me. I want to give my life to him. I'm sick of normal. I want to please him. I need his salvation. I give my life to you, Jesus. If that's your prayer today, could you lift your hands up? Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you. All the people praying together, can we just pray aloud together? Pray, Heavenly Father, take my life. Help me to leave the normal path to follow you. Jesus, save me from my sins. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you. My life is not my own. Thank you for new life. Now I give you mine. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we just give thanks and glory to God? Can we just give him a clap? Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Amen.